primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Grex Kondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your whole news service providing in-depth coverage of all the latest stories from every sector of the galaxy. Now, for your news segment rundown from March 22nd, 2023. Fistful of Beskar. 99 problems, but a bad batch ain't one. But first... This news. All right. Thank you very, very much, Grex. Really exciting week in Star Wars this week. Can't wait to talk to you about it. Great to see you all, um, uh, you know, out there kind of through the I don't know. I can't really see you, actually, but I'm glad you're there. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is uh, we actually got a little news this week in addition to Mandalorian and Bad Batch. Um, Lindelof uh, actually had a pretty funny cryptic tweak that a tweet that a lot of people were talking about talking about you know i think it was last week talking about how hard it is to write a star war and people were like what does that mean and um we found out this week uh he left the project yeah he he's out he's gone yeah yeah that's tough news given how impressed i was by lindelof's last few projects that have been just stellar um i thought he would be a perfect candidate for a new film sad to see him go um I think there's other news on the front too. I think that Daniels might be joining Skeleton Crew. I think that was an announcement that I, I saw floating around as well. So who's Daniels? Bad news, some good news. Um, but yeah, Dan- Lindelof is out. So I think it was yeah. just an early stage of development. So this wasn't in any stage of production. So that's uh, interesting to note. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's still a script there. I'm sure that whatever he did come there to yeah. do, it still exists. It just might be shaped by someone new in the coming months. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ben, the Daniels are the directors of uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, 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 I can't remember their their surnames, but uh, buddies and pals are both by the first name Daniel. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Daniels. Cool. Yes. I got it. So sorry, I'm mm-hmm. new to all that. Obviously, I That's, see the Oscars. You're forgiven. <laughs> and um, saw them clean up. But um, yeah, that is really interesting. Yeah, I, I'm bummed about it. Um, I was really excited to see what Lindelof would do. And maybe it's a team effort. Um, yeah, I don't know if to be encouraged or not that, you know, Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy and all the other powers that be, if there are any, um, you know, are so tough on scripts. Uh, I think it's probably a good thing that they're as discerning as possible, but, um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. How do you guys yeah. feel about that? Um, I'm definitely bummed by it. I mean, Linda lost Watchmen was one of the best things of the last decade. Yeah, um, yeah it really was amazing because it was able to thread the needle of being like just super creative and entertaining and of the moment and also taking a property that existed and, and honoring it, but doing something completely new with it, which is maybe something that would have been welcomed at star Wars. Um, I think Lindelof is probably, I mean, I, I don't know what happened there. My guess is, is that he wanted more free reign and just like, give me your star Wars and I will do what, I think is best for it. And they probably right. said, that's really creative. We're not, we don't want to do whatever you want to do because we're a larger property, right? Yeah. The Watchmen property was like the standalone one season. You can kind of mess with it however you want. And, and he, and I, I he's, he's big enough that he can pick and choose, right? Where if, if they don't want to do what he wants to do, he can, you know, I don't blame him for necessarily walking away from that. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. think about like all the scripts that have been like, the only scripts that haven't been like altered and like reworked by someone else have been pretty much the last Jedi and um and i think andor right and like everything else actually and i guess feloni's stuff has been he's been allowed free reign to write whatever he wants to write 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, Patty Jenkins, hers got trashed. Um, Colin Favreau, or Colin Trevorrow, um, yep. got Kevin Feige's out. Kevin yeah. Feige, yeah. And then um, even um, Gareth Edwards, um, you know, he had oh, to right. get punched up by, by, um, oh, sorry, uh, the Art Andor guy. Why can't I think of him? Um, oh, Troy. Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Gilroy. I was like, yeah, Troy. Yeah. All, that's, Sorry. That was a rare all three of us blanked at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like, Grant's going to save us. <laughs> well, I think there's other writers. There's other, you know, yeah. Gary Whitta. There's other writers on Rogue One, too. I didn't know who you exactly you were trying to yeah, yeah. talk about. But, yeah. um, yeah, Tony Gilroy obviously came in. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if this is just the result of sort of like uh, bloated bureaucracy and the sort of idea of maybe like a roadmap or a, uh, a sort of like, um, maybe a push towards like high Republic material and like a synergistic marketing initiatives and things like that. I wonder if that stuff is boxing in the movies and, and, or, you know, I'm hopeful that the movies can kind of jump to a new era of the timeline yet. We have return of the Jedi to promote and we have some high Republic stuff to promote given there's so many books coming out. And then we're now seeing that high Republic is connected to the Jedi survivor in a major way. Um, it just makes me think that maybe the higher public era is the next move. And if that's the company's kind of moving towards the, is the, if the entire brand is moving in that direction, um, is that causing, is that ruffling feathers for people who are trying to carve out other eras of storytelling? You know, that's, that's, it's kind of yeah. what I'm wondering at this point. Yeah. Are, are, is, is Linda at this, at this point, is someone at, you know, high up saying, is there any way we can fit in a high Republic, you know, either st- plot element, story device something here that like it, it just ties to that era in some way or did he have free range to do whatever he wanted um i have to think they're trying they're, there's a lot of synergy and um that's yeah. being thought yeah. about at the same time so yeah i'm all about synergy man like i i'm i, I love the that you know that's my favorite thing about the sort of disney takeover here is that um you know kathleen kennedy's really brought order to the galaxy um but yeah, I just worry that we're missing out on great stories. Like, I just think, you know, give great top-level talent that loves Star Wars room to play in the sandbox. Yep. Um, yeah. And I don't I'm want just, that to know. get sort of curbed or diluted um, because I, of, you know, yeah, global capitalism. I mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. I, I, I think I was listening to uh, the podcast Fat Man Beyond from last week and Mark Bernard and I was talking a bit about this, about about streaming. Um, and it was in reference to not Star Wars, so a little bit of Star Wars. Um, he made a really interesting point, which I, I, I knew but didn't think about, which is just like you, Disney Plus at this point, if you've subscribed because of or if you were going to subscribe because of Star Wars, you have subscribed to Disney Plus that by doing a new show, you're not you're getting net zero new subscribers like yeah. you've got them at this point. So all you're trying to do is to not lose subscribers. Right. And so that becomes an issue that now you're just kind of maintaining level where you make your big bucks is movies. Right. You need a movie to succeed. Yeah. And if you look at the last three movies, and this is kind of where, where I went with it after Bedard talked about that, is you look at the last three movies that Star Wars put out. Uh, you had The Last Jedi, which was a firestorm of controversy for dumb reasons, mostly bots online, but it was still nonetheless a big, you know, cultural issue. Then you had Solo, which by their estimation over underperformed. And then you had Rise of Skywalker, which is the lowest rated Star Wars film critically of any of the Star Wars movies. It is, it is I think, the only... 
technically rotten on Rotten Tomatoes for whatever that's worth, which is not worth anything. But you look at those three things, right? And the fact that streaming is just like, we got to maintain. Yeah. I think they're very much like, we need the perfect movie to come out next. Like, we need yeah. to reinvigorate. And so I think they're being very picky, very choosy. And and maybe to the point of, like you said, Grant, like just the, the bureaucracy of it might slowing things way down. Yeah. My fear is, is they're not going to move from that date and we're going to get a similar yeah, rise of Skywalker issue, which is we got to rush yeah. something out just to get something out on that date. And then we've just created the same problem over again. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Same, same. And I don't want to see a new hope again. I think, you know, if they're trying to have another hit, like they need to tell a new story. And I think they yeah. know that. I wouldn't right. mind seeing a new hope from like the dark side or something. You yeah. Know, like someone yeah. possibly is a young right. farm boy, but just raised by, you know, just on the, basically give is told to follow the dark side or join the Sith or something of something of that nature only to awaken from that sort of like uh, that misstep and, and find the light again or whatever, you know, something that's kind of inverted would be fun. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Ben. And I don't, we don't need to see a new hope again. Like, you know, I mean, you know, I, I loved, um, I loved uh, force awakens, but I mean, it, it was what it was, you know, it was a, a giant homage to, an earlier movie with some new, you know, twists and, and great characters. But um, I, I am I am slightly worried about the brand hitching their horse to the High Republic, just given that I can't think of a lot of historical impact from that era. Like, is yeah. there any were there any major historical things that happened that sort of like reverberated through the galaxy to the point where Kiati Mundi would like talk about it, you know, during the prequels? Yeah, I, I don't think so. Like nothing really was said in the prequels that it's alluded to anything during that time. Heavy handed retconning. Right. If that happens, that they're going to have to like then yeah. write books during the original trilogy timeline where people are reacting to things that happen, <laughs> right. which is kind of what yeah. we're getting in the Mandoverse a little bit. Right. I think we've all talked about them leading towards. And we'll talk more about that a little bit today about them leading to Thrawn, probably another war. Yeah. We're That's never about. mentioned in the sequel trilogy, right? But isn't like the biggest sort of hype, like trailer hype event? Couldn't it? Couldn't it just utilize the Kiati Mundi footage of being like the Sith haven't been around for a millennium, and then we go back a millennia to yeah. that yeah. point in time? Yeah, you're gonna go back. To me, go that back is further. a critical moment that yeah. I would utilize to re reignite the franchise. Yeah, because... I think it's a fair request to say, like, if it's a feature film, it needs to capture a very momentous time in the galaxy. Yes. Whether it's a new momentous time or an, or an established momentous time, it can't just be a small story. Like yeah. you know, like. Rogue One was, I guess it's not a small story at all, but Solo was a small story, relatively, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think if it's going to be, it can't yeah. just be in an hour and a half of good content. I think it needs to be, uh, you know, a touchstone in the timeline. Right. And I, I wonder if they'll do like another hero for another generation type of story, a hero that rises to fight in a war um, instead of sort of like showcasing the greatest war that ever happened. That's the, yeah. like, where upon, you know, in which heroes are called upon to, to serve and fight in this war. Like, I almost think they should work backwards instead of doing another, like, here's another hero, the rise of another hero. It should maybe be, the war should maybe take, be a character almost in the story and, and, you know, be of more consequence, more of the political politics are alluded towards. We have, you have good definitions of what both sides are, where they're headquartered, how they work, the structures, instead of getting all this ancillary material after the fact that shows us the inner workings. Like it would be nice to actually have the war um, be a proper theater in the next trilogy. Yeah. 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 That sounds great. I love the idea of the Sith Wars um, or yeah, you know, and how they ended up or where they went. That would be, that would be really fun. If we were going to go back, I think that would be my favorite thing. Yeah, I love the too, High Republic too. and want to see some live action stuff, but I feel like we could probably get a, you know, let's see what the Acolyte does and, uh, maybe a live action yeah. show or something. I'm yeah. similar. Like I'm, I 
Okay. So since since you know they did the recanonization or or the or wiped out old EU, um, I've been a little whatever about the books because they've been playing in a very tiny little sandbox that's allowed them to do stuff, right? Because yeah. they don't want to mess with the movies and the TV shows, understandably. I have been loving the High Republic books because it reminds me of old EU because you can kill off characters, you can introduce characters, yes. you can do wild things. So part of me is just like, please don't bring it into movies and TVs because the second you do that, the books are gone. They got to shut down. They got to be really close because the movies and TVs are going to take precedent, right? So I'm like a couple yeah, of like, yeah. I don't mind. Like, I like that the Acolyte is, it's although it's still part of the High Republic era, it seems like it's, what, 200 years after what we're reading? Like, it's, it seems like it's going to be a very like right. loosely right. connected. It's more just within the same era, but not of any consequence to what we're reading is my guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Could be. And, yeah. You go. Sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, no, I was going to turn a corner here towards um, yeah, yeah. survivor. Do it. Um, there was another uh, trailer that gave us a lot more information about the game. Not a lot, but more information about the game. Um, we saw um, Marin is her name, I believe. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of people were like, where is she? Yeah. Her there. And um, she played a big part, a couple other new characters. Um, and some insinuation to connections to the High Republic, which are kind of fun. Um, and a mission as well for him, right? It's like this secret asteroid or something that they, they need to locate or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's too much plot information from that, but it did, it did look like a bunch of new characters are being introduced, yeah. which was pretty fascinating. I saw some cross guard lightsabers in there. Mm-hmm. I saw High Republic robes. One guy's wearing High Republic robes. I mean, it's safe to guess that that's a High Republic character of some kind who's been in cryo or something. And um, yeah, there's a lot of fun tantalizing new information um, that's, that's come out of that trailer. Uh, the game looks exciting. I can't wait to play. So yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. Going to Coruscant again. Going yeah, to Coruscant. Coruscant. Coruscant yeah. rendered in a game. Like that'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's raining Coruscant now. If you're ever a Coruscant fan, which we are, um, we're getting a lot of that got, lately. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, we got Coruscant on Amanda. We got Coruscant in Bad Batch. We got Coruscant. Yeah. In Jedi Survivor. Yeah. It's like it's coming back in a big way. I know. I can't wait to play on Coruscant. That's something I haven't done in a long time. And it's yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's speaking of just jumping right back to the movie ideas again, I think there's mm-hmm. in lots of legends material and, and sort of old Tales of the Jedi comics and stuff like that, there was a kind of siege of Coruscant by the Sith like way back. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, that is the most interesting sort of battle that you could you yeah. do because it's like taking over the galactic capital essentially. Like. <laughs> Not to allude to anything in the real world, but um, it's just that's it's just it's just a fascinating. <laughs> well, I wasn't idea. thinking about anything yeah. until you said that. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, rad. Well, uh, why don't we move on to Mandalorian? Um, because that is pretty awesome. Yeah, let's do it. And now, the festival of Beskar. All right, um, uh, Grant, you have a, a little a little summary uh, ado about um, oh, this whole, you bet. this episode, I gotta, and I got to redeem myself from last week from that meandering mess of a summary. Um, I adored it. Yeah, well, so this is chapter day. twenty, um, the Foundling, directed by the incredible Carl Weathers. Um, uh, the episode opens: we descend towards a beach crowded with Mandalorians sparring and testing out their various gadgets and weapons. Noticing Grogu is focused more on the surrounding wildlife than training with the others, Din scoops him up and places him before the blue and teal helmet 
helmeted foundling we met in episode one. Grogu and the foundling, we will learn, is named Ragnar, and the son of Paz Vizsla agree to spar with training darts. Grogu is nearly bested before he puts his Jedi training to good use, vaults over the void, disorient him, and tags him with all three darts to win the challenge. After the bout ends, a massive winged reptile snatches Ragnar in its talons and flies away. The Mandalorians give chase, but only Bo-Katan and her ship is fast enough to follow and track the beast. Having located its nest, Bo returns and musters a hunting party to rescue the foundling. While the hunting party travels to the creature's roost, Grogu gets some one-on-one time with the armor. While the arm- armor crafts a new piece of armor for Grogu, Grogu is haunted by the memory of his escape from the Jedi Temple. In a flashback, it is finally revealed that it was none other than Kelleran Beck who saved Grogu from the massacre. After the vision passes, the armor rewards Grogu with a new breastplate. Meanwhile, across the sand-swept landscape, the Mandalorian hunting party camps under an outcropping below the creature's nest. At the first light, the Mandalorians climb the rock spire and find the creature about to feed, Ra- feed Ragnar to its young. The Mandalorians attack, but the creature takes flight with Paws and Ragnar in its clutches. The hunting party takes the sky in pursuit of the creature and in a combined effort free Paws and Ragnar from the bird-like reptile before it plummets into a lake and gets devoured by an amphibious dinosaur. Upon returning to the camp, the armor notices Bo-Katan lost a paldrum in the fray and offers to replace it. Instead of the night owl signet, Bo asks if she can have an inlay of the mythosaur. Bo then tells the armor about the mythosaur she saw in the living waters on Mandalore, but the armor seems reluctant to believe it was either a vision or wishful imaginings. Once again, Bo gazes at the metallic mythosaur skull on the wall, and we roll credits. Nice. Well done. Um, yeah. That's, that pretty much encapsulates the episode. Yeah. Lot, lot going down there. Yeah. Chills. Chills. Like, yeah throughout yeah. like incredible it's getting the flashback grogu's flashback uh the continuation of that was yeah. remarkable yeah what'd you get uh same loved it a lot happened um we're back to our like normal like half an hour run on this one it was uh it was short but sweet it was great yeah yeah, yeah. short but strong um yeah. i love like even from the intro like again i love myself a good landscape good star wars landscape and mm-hmm. um just flying in and then we had the um, the, you know, a bunch of Mandalorians training, <laughs> yeah. training, just doing Mando stuff. Um, and, but, and there's definitely like musical cues from Game of Thrones in there. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. And it was, this was a very Game of Thrones thing. And we were just talking about the High Republic and like how they're tying it in. I really feel like they may try and mash the fantasy button, um, for a couple years or a decade or something in <laughs> Star Wars. Cause it's like. It's pretty popular now. There's not a lot of stuff going on, you know, House of the yep. Dragon sort of here and there. And then the Lord of the Rings spinoffs are doing some stuff. But um, I think there's some crossover there and there's definitely room in Star Wars for some more fantasy <laughs> kind of stuff. It's funny you say that because I feel like you could just truncate the summary to Mandalorians fight dragon yeah. or something. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. in this episode specifically. And yeah. uh, it's just so much fun that Favreau and Filoni are just basically the Mandalorians are training on this like sort of like wild inhospitable planet where there's lots of dangerous creatures. And I'm like, that's very fitting for a warrior culture. And it's cool to see them fight all these different creatures. You know, yeah. every time we cut back to them training, they, they do not get a break. These people just, you know, <laughs> it's just yeah. constant attacks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dangerous planet. It was like, but I'm like, I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. There's, there's someone on Reddit who's keeping track of the, the giant monsters now. Like, and it's just <laughs> like every episode, there's a new giant monster in, like- in the show. <laughs> <laughs> like forget about ig11 let's get an auto turret you know let's, right? like, let's find one of those <laughs> right yeah. right you're gonna be facing things three times the size of your starship so yeah, yeah. figure it out so that dinosaur amphibian dinosaur that that is still yet to be identified by any night name uh on wikipedia is just called dinosaur turtle 
That's what yeah. the, the, the page yeah, yeah. of is. It's pretty turtle. great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a giant crocodile turtle. Um, I think I've called it everything you can call it in every summary I've done. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah until we get our specific, you know, species name. We'll yeah. Just, Dino Turtle. Yeah. Despite this like episode being like very action packed and very Carl Weathers flex, um, you know, it was also very uh it, it tugged at the heartstrings a lot. I I mean it just yeah. you know, you see poor Grogu like just sort of thrust into this like battle culture, which is like not his thing. He's also just a little kid. But the yeah. it, it started a, a sort of through line with creatures and Grogu and um and his relationship to other life forms, you know, when it, we learned he wasn't really moving rocks in the beginning, he was just sort of playing in the sand mm -hmm. while everyone was training, right? But it, it was he was actually bringing creatures towards him and like speaking right. with the little like um, hermit crab creatures that were there. And right. so it's like, okay, we know the mythosaur is out there and someone's got to tame the mythosaur. And then like now we're dealing with these other beasts that are going to be a part of it. Um, I just feel like he's there. There's a lot of large, large, you know, turtle dinosaur sized breadcrumbs being dropped here. Um, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's fascinating. You bring that up because that begs the question whether that that flying reptile was also brought there by by Grogu's reaching out with the force or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I also love this idea because this could this could be the ultimate subversion of the man. Yeah. Myth, right. The ultimate yeah, totally. subversion is. Hey, all that thing that you, you guys thought some big mighty warrior was going to rise up to be this new Mandalore. What if it's the yeah, kid? Yeah. What if it's, what if it's Grogu? can connect with the Mythosaur better yeah. than anyone else. What if the Mythosaur was only in the living waters because Grogu was there? You know, like what if, yeah. what if the, what if the creature wasn't there for Bo or Din? Yeah. The, the sort, they're sort of just red herrings for us, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think last week, Ben, you kind of went on the list of, of the beasts that, who has interacted with and tamed and it is just like undeniable when the more you watch it that that they're clearly yeah. hitting the button mashing the button that he talks to these animals right we saw the purgles in the first episode of the season right like it's just they're just laying it right out yeah. there yeah and i mean now you've got these avian hatchlings um dinosaur you know, I mean, yeah. dragon hatchlings there and grogu's there and he just i mean that's gonna happen at some point and i'm pretty yeah. sure in one of the trailers you see mandalorians riding dragons so um if yeah. not i just dreamed that I, and then it came to life without you know me having to do anything so um that's yeah. cool too but uh, uh speaking of game of thrones daenerys gets three dragons yep three yes, dragons three yep. huh that's that's interesting yeah and it's funny when i think amelia clark i think grogu immediately <laughs> yeah right totally Both like stunning one for one. Beauties. <laughs> yeah I was that scene and not to skip ahead, but I, I literally wrote my notes. I'm like, after they killed the mama bird, which I'm like, okay, I get well, they didn't kill. They knocked her in yeah. the water and, and the nature took its it. course. Yes. Its but I'm just like <laughs> I'm like literally like, what about the baby birds? Yeah. And then literally two minutes later it's just like, oh, okay. I know. <laughs> like, I love that they, they know now that they can't do that. Yeah. And just leave. I them. think I'm just changing into an old man, but I hate seeing any creatures die. Agreed. I, I really yeah. it, was, it hurt to see that dragon get eaten. Um but, you know, Grant, you reminded me of this a while ago. It's like Star Wars is kind of metal, like at its core, you know, people lose limbs. It's like people die. There's like gratuitous violence and machinery and like things happen. And, um, you know, this is falling in line with that. It's got to be a little a little spooky and real, too. I think so. so. 
Yeah. Yeah. However dark you can push it, it's only going to make the hopeful moments that much brighter. So I, I, I honestly am in favor of, you know, some yeah. some dark aspects to the storytelling. Right. Yeah. yeah. And we're seeing the reemergence of the Empire in this season, mm-hmm. right? And so I think we're going to get some pretty dark turns. Right. And when you talk about the episode yeah. being emotional, um, it was kind of interesting that Grogu was was looking somber and fearful when he was having his vision of being rescued because it was almost like it was a very heroic rescue. Yeah. And I didn't see anything too I mean obviously the Jedi who initially were defending him uh, you know fell in battle and that's dramatic and I guess that's what he was feeling throughout but he still seems afraid when the vision is ending and um and they're just yeah. in hyperspace and he's just seeing the stars streaking by and I, I'm wondering if there's if there's a third part to this flashback or we're going back yeah. again and we're gonna see you know even more of what happened there and and if it's and if that trauma sort of aligns with what we're seeing so that's that'll yeah. be interesting I mean, to see that he out. we know it can't end well between him and Keller and Beck right like, yeah it, it just can't. Yeah. Um, and so he might be thinking that, and that's kind of the way I read it too, Grant, was just that like, yeah, he saw his entire home just mm-hmm. destroyed, right? He was whisked away and everyone that he felt close to, he probably, and again, he's a force user, right? So he felt them all right. disappear yeah. in the forest, I'm sure, during that whole yeah. thing. Yeah, the, eleva- the elevator ride was so, I was so scared oh, for him. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. that was yeah. tough. <laughs> I, I, I also liked, you know. We'll come back around to it, but I want to talk about that subversion thing that they're kind of doing in this episode. It's a lot of subversion in this episode in terms of um, I, I literally started writing. No, don't leave him alone with the armor because I still don't trust the armor. <laughs> I don't. And then by the end of episode, I'm like, like no, it's all right. Wait, it's all right. yeah, he, she's good. And then same thing. We'll talk about Paz Vizla, the relationship to the Mando and stuff like that, where it's just it's a lot of like I have a lot of notes going. Well, I wonder if we're just wrong <laughs> about what we think, what we think is going on here, which I love being wrong. No, I think so. we I think we I think we just mistook her as sort of modern Death Watch where I, she's she's definitely yeah. uh, she's definitely subscribes to the old ways, like the old, old ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Pre-Death we just Watch misplaced her, her alignments, really. So but they but they could that could be a rug pull later. Right. The, the later on, yeah. they could be like, you know, we're actually de- we actually relate all these horned mandos are going to show up and be like, yeah, we're the death, wa- whatever. We're death watch contingent. Uh, and then she's going to be like, oh, yeah, you're welcome to join as well, even though there's like clearly a bad vibe. Yeah, <laughs> I, like... I think they are setting us up. I think that the reason why they're making us start to feel or trying to make us feel like he's found the family is for that family to suddenly, you know show their true colors uh i also worried that if they are death watch and they've now introduced the idea of cloning are we going to get our third uh form of uh darth maul at some point in this show <laughs> stop there's it. a lot of darth maul chatter i'm just not a wait. fan we need to just stop the chatter and then it, it won't happen it'll be that simple <laughs> oh my gosh yeah we can't <laughs> the more we, we chat about it the more it's we'll, going we'll it to being. yeah exactly yeah. um yeah that yeah, that that flashback was was tough, but um, great to see Ahmad Best um, back yeah. back in the robes, um, doing something cool stuff in live action. Uh, cool that they tied it into Naboo was the one that was trying to ferry them out. Um, yeah, I hope we. I, I was like, oh, I, I instantly thought Handmaiden or something like that we would see, um, mm-hmm. Kira Knightley or something. I don't know, but um, yeah, it would be cool if they. You know, it'd, it'd be nice to see the other end of that trip. Is he going to go to Naboo or he's just got the ship and he's just going to lay low? That makes probably more sense. Um, but, um, yeah, interesting to finally finally get that information about how he was rescued. Um, we had a lot of we had a lot of guesses. I don't think uh, Keller and Beck was one of them. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I love the tribute to to Ahmed Best. I love to, it. To give him this 
really, really important role in the story at this point. I mean, this is for a lot of people, Grogu is their favorite character. Yeah, He's just yeah. the thing that they keep coming back to Mando for. They love Grogu and uh, to have on um, at best play this pivotal role in his origin, I think is like so meaningful and yeah. such a nice, such a nice new sort of like lane for him, you know, given that how Jar Jar was re- yeah. received by audiences back in you know the 90s, late 90s and 2000s. It's like, it's nice to see him in a, it, a role. It was people can just unanimously so nice. like love. <laughs> yeah, you know? he's like <laughs> Grogu's rescuer. And it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, the internet had to have guessed it because the, it's like, you know, a thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters, you're eventually going to get Shakespeare. Someone mm-hmm. must have written Keller and Beck somewhere on some internet site at some point guessing sure. it. But yeah, like, yeah. who would have actually guessed that the host of what was it, Jedi Temple Challenge would have, yeah. would have yeah, ended yeah. up? Nice. Like, that's also <laughs> like, that makes me so happy. It, it made me so happy when, when Amabest was just hosting that because it felt like good. You know, he deserves it. But do you think he ever thought, I'm hosting this kid's show. It's kind of like not really in canon. And yep. he's going to get a call from, like, be like, hey, do you want to take that character and, like, give him dual-wielding lightsabers and, like, like get some action scenes in there? Right. Yeah. It was great. Dual-wielding was sweet, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And it's so cool to see our guy on at best do it, too. Yeah. That was, like, he just did some... Yes. Um, I think we lost Grant Uh-oh. for a second. <laughs> um and uh but yeah it was great to see him do that and then um just yeah it, um i i did some research on keller and beck on um the wikipedia just to see because i i'd never watched the show um but yeah i guess yeah yeah they, they it's they sort of paint him as the dean of um like the dean of of the you know the the younglings um yeah yeah uh, yeah which is pretty cool which makes sense right which is funny where it's just one of those things where if you're just taking that as like as canon of course that would be the person that would be closest to Grogu at that moment yeah. no i didn't notice do we know no sorry i didn't i haven't checked that out yeah definitely yeah um okay oh, and you're back cool cool yeah, i was I'm just back. about to yeah <laughs> i was worried yeah just like uh, somehow i just teleported away and came back <laughs> yeah you, you yeah. um we lost your video for a second too but now you're back doing your thing so it's good fantastic um yeah hey uh for those of you joining us live adam i don't know if you're watching ticker if anyone's uh, watching us right now but um hello for doing that um and uh yeah doing this live feel please feel free to um chat something in questions if um you have thoughts or whatever um we'd love to talk yeah. about what you are yeah. thinking about um on this or any topic really um yeah. star wars related <laughs> uh yeah jason uh as you speak jason rosario just jumped oh, jason great. just jumped What's in up, jason said hi hey jason uh hasn't watched yet so he's muting us so he's watching us muting oh that's us, good so who knows that's good. Yeah, lots he's, of spoilers he's, <laughs> he's so probably all, at work right as we all know right? we'll spoilers all from the jason. yeah yeah always um that's cool. Love Jason. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is pretty amazing. Um, I have one more really big topic I want to talk yeah. to you about on this show. Um, if, if you do, and it was, so I was, I was in bed after, um, we had done last Wednesday's show about Mandalorian <laughs> and I was trying to get to sleep. I had work at like stupid o'clock in the morning, like super early. And like one of those nights where you just can't go to sleep yep. and just my, my brain's just churning and churning. So and you I'm put like, on the, you lock tinfoils in attack position. Is that what you're oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I have a, I have a tinfoil nightcap. Um, and I was just like, wait a second. Like I was thinking about Thrawn 
and uh, you know we talked about how the battle makes sense that it's like a thrawn battle for sure yeah. you know a thrawn tactics where it's like oh a couple fighters to draw you away some bombers to blow the thing up and then like a cleanup crew but i, I really like really the end of that um thing would be he has some way to track it, it's like the secret piece of tech that only thrawn knows about I feel like he has some way to track the Mandalorians through hyperspace. Like he wasn't trying to capture them. He let them get away and he's right. trying to find the larger covert of Mandalorians for whatever yeah. reason. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That would be a very Thrawn tactic, right? Tactically. Right. That'd be yeah. a very Thrawn thing to do. Cause if he wanted to kill them, he would have just killed them, you know? Um, but I feel like, no, he was flushing them out. Um, right. Forcing I mean, them to go someplace. It would, too. yeah, it would totally make sense because they would have a star destroyer. They could have a star, a star destroyer there with an interdiction interdiction field, which would have prevented them from jumping to hyperspace. Like if he wanted them at that moment, I think he could have had them. Yeah, yeah. I which again, so too. it's very Star Wars, right? They let us get away. It's too easy. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. Do we know what the Empire did with all the Beskar? That they must have. Did they take any Beskar from Mandalore? Did they like strip the strip the planet of Beskar or anything like that? Or did they just they just bombed it basically? think they just bombed it i mean it seems yeah. like obviously the um I, I forget um what his the character's name is um verna herzog's uh character the client the, he doesn't the have client names. the client yeah. um you know he obviously had a stash uh, so they had it. some we yeah. saw a lot of armor still on mandalore uh yeah. so maybe that's there um but yeah i don't know I, I don't think we know i mean for all i know it could be the infrastructure skeleton of the death star like it, it could be beskar i don't know i mean probably not right. though, or else it would have survived um that blast but uh yeah we don't know that's fascinating do we it so also, we we're all thinking thrawn reveal at the end of this season possibly yeah i think they're i think yeah. i mean we're halfway through the season there's still a lot more story to tell i think yeah i think we'll get a thrawn and with another season coming after this there's a good chance this the heroes might end on their back foot, right? It might, Thrawn yeah. might have the upper hand in however he's introduced. Yeah. He might get Grogu. He might capture Pershing. He might, you know, he might do a lot at the end uh, so they can lose this season and then next season maybe come yeah. back. I know Favreau says that, like, he doesn't have an end in sight, but this is really starting to feel like the middle part of a story, yep. right? Like, yeah. it really is starting to feel like this is the, we're now entering the Empire Strikes Back phase of of our of our Mandalorian story so I don't yeah. think it's I think it's gonna be kind of dire for the next couple of seasons yeah we'll yeah. see I mean it's Excited. been all rosy and fun I mean seeing Grogu get more armor just was yep. like made me so <laughs> what do you think about that guys is, is now is he now gonna take like a blaster bolt center mass and like fly across a room or something <laughs> is that can Probably. that happen now without yeah us yeah yeah <laughs> or a lightsaber yeah I don't I, know yeah I mean he already yeah. theoretically could have stopped it with his chainmail, but um, right now he's like got a signet and it she you know she said he would grow into it but i'm like i don't know how much he's gonna grow <laughs> right that <laughs> seems like it seems like it fits him quite well now yeah yeah it's like maybe yeah i mean i guess as a chest piece forever but um yeah right. we'll see i'm like that's never yeah, fitting like, on his shoulder i'll tell no, you no can he take that like, off and throw it like captain america or something like i literally <laughs> thought it was a shield for a second i thought they were gonna mm. a, a, a mythosaur or a, i mean yeah. a vescar shield but i'm like okay maybe <laughs> Yeah, I'm just glad it's on a helmet because yeah, what's that going to look like? You know, it's oh, you're you're by yourself on that one, Grant, because well, I want that helmet. Him, so he can't take the creed. So that's, yeah. yeah. All right. So okay, here's the thing. All right, you want? I want to. I want to. I want to start negative and then corner. Positive. Creed corner. Uh, yeah, okay. I love the creed. It's great. Um, 
That is some clunky bit of exposition oh, that they forced on. Ragnar to do. Why can't he? Why can't he? Yeah, I'm like, sure. Well, we all know he doesn't speak, so there's got to be a better person. <laughs> I will say, though, what was masterful, or not masterful, what really, really worked was now that we have Bo-Katan playing ball, right? She's clearly kind of, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, yeah. at least like playing along or maybe buying in. It makes sense that she doesn't know. And that scene where she's like, how do you all eat? I actually yeah. really like that scene because that's exactly you can. It's a really great way of being able mm -hmm. to like answer questions about this new breed of Mandalorian without it feeling that exposition. Right. Because mm -hmm. she's an outsider yeah. trying to learn the ways. Yeah. Yeah. I liked both of those things. I thought, you know, this was a great. <laughs> these were questions that uh, the Star Wars fans. Oh, have. I'm very glad I got the they, answer. I wish I could have gotten it in a slightly different <laughs> way. I don't know why Bo-Katan didn't ask that question. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to skip too far ahead, but I mean, I do want to get to that last scene at some point and just what your guys' read was on the armor and the bow yeah. sort of interaction yeah. there. Because fat, utterly fascinating that when someone like Bo mentions she's seen the mythosaur, you know, a, a real one, armor seems like sort of like indifferent. Like it, it was like, unfazed, I would say the armor would be like ecstatically unfazed. like, where we've got yeah. to go see it. Or, you know, I don't, not like yeah. that, but just something to like the effect of like some excitement or some enthusiasm about seeing it yeah. yeah nothing yeah this is where she felt sorry you go you no, go for it adam you started oh i was gonna say this is where she felt the most nefarious to me so far in the she's, entire series yep. um because the fact that she didn't react to it at all is just like she's got plans wheels upon wheels spinning in her head about what to do with this yep. i see yeah, that was my kind of takeaway I, yeah. I see her as a different type of character or archetype mm -hmm. i see her as sort of like the wushu grandmaster that lives on the top of the mountain mm. yep. Yep, 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 and yep. is sort of just like you know the wise old you know master that's just sort of mm -hmm. like we'll see you know yeah. like yep yeah okay you said that i'm not she she doesn't really have an opinion one way or the other she's just like this is the way and it's yeah, like, it's what it. it is yeah, yeah it, was, it was either a vision or you actually saw it in either way yeah it was interesting that they yeah. she yeah. cast doubt on it and it seemed to me as i was peering into katie sackoff's helmet the right way um <laughs> that she that that Bo-Katan was doubting herself. She's like, did I see it? You know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but she, you know, the armor did seem to intentionally cause those visions for Grogu. You know, she's like, when you stare into the forge, you see um, your flaws. Mm. Right. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And um, yeah, I mean, she, she has these wizarding ways about her. Um that are are fascinating and um but yeah I, I i'm i don't know you know maybe another shield drop it's definitely those maldalorian horns on her helmet that sort of always make me a little suspect of her but um but it's still you know but we ha we don't have any reason really to doubt her except for wild speculation yeah, yeah. no agreed it's and it's what i'm loving about it it's like i i if they end up making her just that grandmaster and she's just stoic to the end I'd be like, yep, totally justified. Everything they did up to this moment supports that. If she yeah. ends up turning on them and like <laughs> joining with Thrawn, I'd be like, that's great. Nothing they did throughout it like totally contradicts that, right? Like, yeah. I, I think it's a great leaving the kind of character in doubt. Um, and you could argue that the, mon the you know, the 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 Maldalorian horns that are there. She seems like a person that was like, I was led astray once, and I will mm -hmm. keep these horns always to remind myself, right? Yeah. Like you could you could paint mm -hmm. it that way as well, right? It's just a reminder to herself. I know that's Who knows? that's yeah. the other like yeah. on my wish list is to have her talk about the horns on her helmet. Yeah, we'll get some more insight, I think. I mean, Bo Katan actually would yeah. be the one that's like, I why do you still wear those things? 
Um, I mean, maybe that's why Bo-Katan's playing ball, right? Maybe because she's just now she wants to know, like, what is 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 Maul's influence still strong? And she knows she has to play mm-hmm. yeah. to, to figure it out. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah. let's talk more about Bo-Katan. I mean, I guess we are right now. Yeah. We're sort of covering all of it. But um, yeah, I mean, she's I, I love this turn for her. She's just sort of Me like, too. what am I doing here? Which is a very relatable thing for all of us as viewers yeah. to just be like. This is weird, but she's kind of like, she's like, I'm in a cult. So I'm in a cult. I feel like I wish I could call my dad Um, (laughs) right now, but I can't. And, um, you know, but she's just sort of riding with it. And she in watching her like slowly become a believer is really fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the the episode was called The Foundling, Mm -hmm. right? We are assuming this episode title refers to Grogu. It also refers to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. But her 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 home was destroyed in the last episode. She has no one. She has no connection. She's now brought here by uh, Din Djarin. And I'm starting to believe. I gotta look at the titles. I'm like, is every title this season secretly referring to Bo-Katan? <laughs> Could be. Could like, be. Like the convert last week, the foundling this week. Like who knows, right? right? Like yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah. I I am so in on. Like this is how you build a long arc of a seasons of shows. Is like. I, I'm okay that we're stepping away from Din Djarin a little bit. Like, his story's kind of at a plateau, which is fine. Like, he's kind of got everything he needed. His He he completed his hero's quest in his mind. I'm yeah. sure he's going to get more things going on, but he's now reaccepted. That's all he ever wanted. He's with Grogu. He's got he's literally got everything he's ever wanted. Yep. He's got his foundling. He's got his covert. He's, he's got his worst dad mug. He's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's all good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Putting, making and, Grogu yeah. train with darts. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's like no he's oh, this man. is gonna be awesome fight that guy he's like this yeah. is gonna be great yeah he and that's it yeah yet, but, it's, it's <laughs> nope. awesome. uh, but he's fine he's he can totally flip yeah I now now it's Bo-Katan's story yeah i know i don't know if we're gonna do a roundup or not but i think favorite line for me was just like was Bo-Katan speaking to grogu being like it's okay my dad did this too he's just proud of you yeah doesn't she kneel down and she strapped the darts to his wrist yeah that was that was yeah cute. yeah then she's just like how do i do this to make this look real um and yeah, there's someone underneath me like moments yeah. oh yeah holding yeah. the arm in place the great moments i yeah. am waddling into the cave and like just the, the the long sort of beat that it takes him to waddle up the <laughs> same <laughs> like, it's amazing it's yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's like, i yeah the worse it looks the better decided. it looks exactly <laughs> yeah, i love that they decided to stay practical but man that puppet really looks like a puppet sometimes <laughs> but again as a kid of the 80s i'm here for it it's still adorable <laughs> yeah it's still like everything yeah, uh, does like 100%. the more i see him walk it's like cuter he's like eh yeah <laughs> he's like a little penguin yeah it's so funny oh, it's gorgeous um all right so one other thing i thought about was uh hierarchy in this i think that this episode yeah. developed was sort of like a sense of hierarchy among the mandalorians and mm-hmm. it's obviously earned um and not given and um we definitely see bo-katan and dinjarin now sort of stepping up within the covert this is happening very quickly right but um yeah, um, obviously Bo-Katan was this mission. She got the honor of sitting near the fire with her helmet off to eat dinner. Um, that was given right. freely, you know. And again, we look at Paz Vizla as sort of the keeper of, of the way um, beyond the armor, like of this covert. He's He's been a diehard this whole time. And so it meant a lot yeah. for yeah. him to provide that to um, her. And then towards the end, when, again, Din Djarin really was the one who rescued um, Pez Vizsla's son, Ragnar uh, Vizsla. Yeah. I want to talk and about they, that, too. 
Yeah. yeah, I mean, then that was the Me most too. Carl yeah. Weather, Weathers moment of the show. Um, like, I just wish they had, like, the bro, like, arm, yeah. like, you know. I thought for sure they were going to yeah. get it. Yeah. I'm um, sorry, yeah. but go ahead, Greg. Dylan. Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That meme, like, I need that in Mandalorian. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, and then that sort of reverses my thinking on, you know, man, uh, Mandalore candidates, you know, when Din is the one who kind of, actually comes like saves everyone at the end like he kind of shoots the like uh ensnaring grapple on the the thing and then he catches i think mm-hmm. the boy like he does a lot of the heroics yep. even though Bo sort of like has the conviction to, to lead the muster the hunting party and find the boy and track him all this stuff din really does close this ordeal yeah so. yes yeah. yeah yeah but he's fine to play that role he's just like whoops save the day again it's fine <laughs> it's great yeah um but it's not looking for anything outside of it. But I, like that's the fascinating thing is that we get that moment of that this is the way between the two of them. And and I mean, there can still definitely be conflict between Paz Vizsla and Din Djarin, But just, it, it, I don't know. It feels like they kind of closed that loop a little bit here. Like, I, I just wonder if we're not going to get the infighting that we were kind of expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the I, I liked what y'all were saying at the beginning of this episode where or not, I guess not even in the beginning, a, a few minutes ago about, you know, actual diehard death watch, um, people that still exist. You know, I, I think there could, they could fight other Mandalorians. Like it's not all going to yeah. be, you know, throwing roses at each other for every Mandalorian. They'll, we, they're going to run into a different, they need to run into yeah. a different ethos beyond Bo-Katan's sort of difference. I mean, Sabine Wren again is out there somewhere. I don't know if we're going to get her in this, this season, but I feel like it's very possible. Um, and she, she would be one of those that would be like, you guys like destroyed Mandalore and my family. Like, you know, it, she, it would take her a lot for her to come around. I mean, and Bo-Katan isn't exactly the best person to talk to Sabine either because you right. know, they're probably not on good terms right now. Um, but who knows, but I don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Everything's, everything's rosy in the covert except for all the killer right. monsters. That are <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should move the covert. Right. It's my only note <laughs> i well yeah i i do feel like that's the thing is like they have to right like like this is a great episode but if you look at this episode like everything happened was internal to the covert nothing happened to push the larger story forward which is great i'm not saying it has right. to right like this is this is the episode we needed at this moment to kind of build the characters and build the strength but like next episode something's got to happen externally. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that might be when you start running into another, or, or for all we know, this is when we get our Boba Fett episode, right? We are right in the middle of the season. Who knows? Sure. It was just going to be Boba Fett. Yeah. But much like the last, this episode ends very similar to the last episode, wherein I kind of don't know where the next episode's going. There's really no tell. No, no I have no next. idea. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could go anywhere. Yeah. Um, one thing is interesting, though. So we did get the answer to the question: Is is Paz, you know, is Ragnar Paz right. Vizsla's son? Which yes. we get that answer. The other lingering question is: Who is the mom? Hmm. Right. And is he adopted, yeah. or is it by blood, or do we know? Is he adopted. Yeah, is, they but called they him a to foundling. Be, yeah. Would they call a son of Paz Vizsla a foundling? Ex- yeah. Right. That's the interesting thing. I don't know. Unless it's like that through that adoption, they become they choose those titles like father, son after being a foundling for a while. Right. I don't know. Is yeah. anyone Din Djarin's father or, or mother yeah. or, you know. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know. Yeah. Really good question. Yeah. I love this show. I almost stayed up till three in the morning last night just to watch this. And then oh, wow. I was like, no, that's no. stupid. I've got to <laughs> <stay> tomorrow. <laughs> but um, 
but yeah, yeah I was just so excited uh, to get more people yeah. saying this is the way. And every time they do, I'm just like fist in the air. <laughs> I, this is the greatest show I've ever seen. I just like, it's used to do a million things. I know it's, that's what I love yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Is they figured out how to use it to mean and, and to deliver it in ways that you understand what it means every yeah. time. And I just, that's so creative. Uh, oh, one other note I had um, is that when Bo-Katan was asking for a new signet, um, I really was thinking she was going to go Mudhorn for a while. Oh, yeah, um, there was a second. I, I was like, is she going to go Mudhunt? Yeah, and then I, and I'm glad she went Mythosaur. It makes sense. Makes total sense for where the story's going. And and I think I'm I'm really starting to feel like undercover vibes with her a mm-hmm. little bit that she's buying in, but she also just wants to know what's going on. So I don't know how much of it's like this will make me endearing or believing it or not. But I, I was like, Oh, can we get it? Like, can it be like a, can it be a, you know, a, a you know, a covert of three now, <laughs> not just two. Yeah. Hasbro saw the new yeah. paladron. They're like, yes, same thing. Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. Boom. <laughs> new, new yep. armor. Yeah. I saw that fly off in the fight and I was like, Oh, here we go. It's going to be wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so if we were talking about Creed corner, um, that would be another thing we learned too. Why Boba Fett has the Mandalorian uh, crest on his armor. It's the same thing. It's like, it belongs to, all mandalore and anyone can use it um you know maybe it it says they're more orthodox you know they didn't really go into the details about that but um that could be but a great moment again a good moment of exposition that didn't feel very exposition expedition well said you know what i'm saying thank you (laughs) nailed it um yeah great well um so we've got a, a double dip of uh bad batch coming up why don't we move along to that if you're having clone problems, I feel bad for you, son. I have 99 problems, but the Bad Batch ain't one. All right. I think, um, Adam, you had a little loss. Uh, well, wait, you have a summary for the, the first episode, episode yeah, 13. last week's. Why don't we start yeah, there? Habu. All right. Here's my summary. Uh, after role-playing their way through the opening scene of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, uh, Sid shows her true colors by directly threatening the Batch. She offers to help and brings the gang to her home away from home, Pabu, a, vill- a village of refugees that serves not only as a sanctuary for people, but also for the remnants of their culture. After meeting, meeting Shep Hazard, the mayor of Pabu, and his daughter, Liana, the Batch is provided with a unique opportunity to stay on the island permanently and raise Omega in a stable environment. During the evening feast, Hunter notices the Munoz, uh, monkey-like creatures acting strangely. Just then, tremors begin to rock the island, a portent of a larger disaster, a tsunami. The tide pulls Liana and Omega's boat out, straining them on a rock formation. The batch leaps into action. Wrecker and Tech help the citizens get to higher ground, while Hunter leaps aboard the Havoc Marauder and rescues the girls. As the wave recedes, we see that lower Pabu is devastated. The Batch offers to stay and help with the rebuilding efforts, and their offer is happily accepted by the mayor. Yeah. The end. Um, very cool. Um, just great to... Yeah, this is a fun episode. This is a total departure, but it's just like... It's like, in, in yeah. summary, the Bad Batch catch a break. Finally, yeah. <laughs> it was like, welcome right? to our like, ideal like, island town, and then it's like, don't mind the tremors that happen every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah don't worry yeah. about that don't mind don't mind don't mind the tsunami but like <laughs> on the on the level of 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 disasters and other things they've fought like this was like lower level in a way like they were there's more there to help than to be threatened by it it felt like which was kind of nice for them yeah and it could show off some of their skills it's like we don't just have to go kill people like we can rescue people we can right. save people there's you yeah. know our, our skills can be used in a lot of different ways um yeah. to do that and it, yeah 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 it felt very much like a like a a giant 
change in the direction of the show. And I think I think we'll see more of that when we get to the next episode as well, is that they're really starting to move this stuff forward. It seems like we are officially done with Sid yeah. uh, until she strikes back, which will happen eventually. <laughs> but yes, like they've decided they're done with her, which I appreciate. They found a new home, at least for a while. Right. Like, I, I just am really enjoying this, that we are are moving forward. So I just see a more a more vibrant location, too. I mean, it's all like yeah. bright, sunny days yeah. there. We're seeing we can't stop complimenting the lighting in the show. And it's so nice to see their armor actually like fully lit and see like their faces fully lit and get a little bit more of their expressions and emotions and sort of like it just felt like a fun new setting for the show. And it's nice that they have a, a home that's not as hostile and, you know, out of a CD sort of like lounge. It's, it's now just a, a fun sort of beachfront. Yeah. Maybe a good place to have a child yeah, with you. Settle as down. As opposed to a bar. Yeah. And, and, yeah. um, uh, fee mentions that she's like, Hey, how about some friends for the kid? Like, yeah. how would you do something yeah. for your daughter? Some enrichment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hunter's <laughs> trying, he's trying to earn his worst dad of the year mug. Um, but he's, you know, he, he doesn't, he's way out of his depth on all of this, but he feels for the kid and wants to do Best Buyer. And, um, yeah, it's a, it seems like a great, it seems like a great move for her. Um, and then she yeah. immediately finds a friend and, um, you know, they have a great time. And I mean, other than the massive tsunami that should have killed them all, but didn't somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great location. And I think, you know, we don't see a lot of sunny locations in live action because it's tougher to do with the volume. Um, right. yeah. and so it's kind of limiting, but, um, you know, we saw like first scene of bad batch this season, they were on a sunny beach as well. Uh, well, it's yeah. kind of like we got space boats in rise of Skywalker on the Kefir yeah. stuff. Like mm -hmm. it's cool to mm -hmm. see like an actual, like tranquil environment with, with, with space boats, basically like these cool star Wars designed boats that, um, yeah. are just awesome. And you see more in the next episode too. I think you see one. Uh, it's just so cool. Like, what a fun environment! New designs everywhere. Um, the, yeah. the the town is just cool. How it's built on the island, like how it just uh, the tiered sort of system, and how they're all safe. It almost felt like Minas Tirith. It's like let's all get to the top, and then we'll yeah. be safe. It's like <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. a little bit of hubris there. By what is his name? Shep. Sorry, Shep, Shep Hazard. Hazard. Which is like Shep. again, right on the nose yeah. as always with the name. <laughs> But like, yeah, he, he got like we got bigger and he's like he sort there's a little bit of hubris there building below that giant sheath that was clearly already established on that island to prevent, the, you know, the exact disaster that just happened. Right. Um, but, you know, they took everyone lived. They took care of each other. They rebuilt together. And um, uh, that's yeah, it's idyllic. It's nice. Yeah. The food. Great yeah. food. Oh, and like yeah. good yeah. food. Yeah. I guess we'll get to it in the next episode. But um, yeah. records living his best life for sure. Oh yeah, he's he's very very happy. Um, I I opened my summary with a bit of a joke, but it also was more true than I realized. So it really is the opening of this episode is the opening is the same exact opening of uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune, Doom, and I was weirdly in the right spot to notice that because I watched that movie two days before this episode nice. aired. Because we're we're packing and That's moving amazing. and doing stuff, and those are kind of like the perfect background movies that we've seen a million times, and like getting ready for Dial of Destiny. It's just like let's just do that and not watch shows that we're going to get like sucked into. And this is great. And uh, that's the one I watched the most as a kid, so I'm very in tune to that movie. And the one thing that's amazing is I don't. The first one you might all know, you might know both these, but so the club at the beginning, very beginning of Temple of Doom is Club Club Obi Wan. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, right. when he runs out, which is kind of really fun. Um, and this was club when you, when you looked at the club they were in, this one was club Lao Shea, which is the villain oh, in wow. the beginning of 
Temple of oh. Doom. So it's not only like a, a copy of Temple of Doom, but it's nice little like kind of this weird Spielberg high like, five. Just, I love that. Yeah, like <laughs> cross like, you just, referencing. Like, you, you, oh, yeah, you you reference us, we reference you. It's kind of a fun little little moment that I was like, oh, that's pretty great. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks. Awesome. I'm glad you caught yeah. that. That's really great. Um, yeah, pretty fun. Do we want to move on to the next one? This one was pretty yeah, cut it was and dry. Like survival, survive the tsunami sort of situation. Yeah, because yeah, the next one. Yeah, and then the next episode. Holy cow! Um, I did the. Uh, I did the summary for this one. I'm sorry. Um, this episode, uh, so this is episode 14 now, uh, titled Tipping Point. Um, yep. This episode begins with a daring mid-space rescue by Echo Rex. So we knew they split off, right? So this is their new squad. Mm-hmm. Nemec, Fireball, uh, Gregor, uh, and other clone troopers to infiltrate a Gozanti class cruiser. I've been trying to think of Gozanti class <laughs> cruiser for like six <laughs> episodes. He's <laughs> like, I'm yeah. giving you what type of cruiser this is. Yeah, because I needed to know. I keep forgetting. I love the design of the Gozanti. I need it too, honestly. Yeah, so the Mandos have a Gozanti now of their own. We saw it in, um, I think, episode three of uh, season two. Uh, anyways, um, and so right. while aboard, they free three clone troopers and interrogate the captain of the Imperial ship named Captain Pierce. Echo retrieves some encrypted information. Captain Pierce, actually, on the in a mirror to that other Mandalorian episode, bites on an electric like death cap suicide capsule and kills himself so he couldn't right, yes. right. Yeah. or electrocyanide yeah electrocyanide so yeah definite like parallel tone poem it rhymes right yep. there um uh, meanwhile at mount tantus uh on the uh planet of wayland hemlock offers crosshairs freedom in exchange for the location of omega um and essentially clone force 99 crosshair attempts an escape of his own and sends a desperate message or plan 88 uh, to Clone Force 99 that is now uh, that they are now being hunted. That's what Plan 88 means, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, an old code. Uh, mean, uh, Echo then takes his encrypted info uh, to the crew on the Paradise Island of Pabu. Uh, the team discovers that Crosshair, and obviously Tech hacks it, uh, the team discovers that Crosshair has been captured for fighting the Empire um, and that he warned, tried to warn the team. So um, they know that Crosshair's out there and trying to reach them for some purpose. Back on Wayland... Um, in Mount Tantus, Hemlock tries to comfort Tarkin that the stolen info won't blow up his plans, um, and he can serve as a receptacle for rebelling clones, um, and then he goes back to work drilling Crosshair for answers. Um, so that was that. Was that um, but, like, so much more happened in that episode. It was <laughs> right. a lot of... I, I hope that covers it if I missed anything. No, that's, that's that. perfect. It's actually a wonderful, wonderful place yeah. to stop because after that it gets exciting, and we'll probably talk about that quite a bit. But um, yeah, this was this is I, I think one of my favorite, my favorite episode of this. Uh, this this is this first, and then the one with uh, Mayday that uh, that episode I think second. Oh but yeah, this I love. I thought this was incredible. Um, just we're in the we're in Mount Tantus. We're finally in the cloning facility. Yeah, we're seeing Crosshair being questioned, being interrogated. We see an interrogation droid. Like it's 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 fascinating. I wanted so much out of this episode and I, I hope it's just the beginning. Cause like, I almost wanted crosshair to really get, you know, in the lower levels of that facility and see something, yeah. you know, see more of this cloning process. Yeah, I think I, everything obviously is leading towards that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, just a finally like a, a Snoke assumes control of the first order is the end of like a Mando and bad batch and like all these cloning storylines. Like eventually we'll get to Snoke. I imagine. Yeah, uh, I would think so. Yeah. They all do seem to be suddenly, coming you know together all threads yeah. seem to be coming together a little bit and like it, i 
you know, yeah, this set up the two two episode season finale next week, right? And it feels like yeah. we're probably going to spend a lot of that in Mountain Tantis, which I'm like I'm so excited. Yes. Please. Yeah, so excited. I guess you're right. So that's they'll, they're probably going to try and investigate and or free Crosshair. Yeah, um, I hope he lives. I hope Crosshair makes it. I I, I, I like the guy. Ben, I, I like I'm the team with him. I'm coming around. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're going to get the redemption arc. I <laughs> yeah, think, we're getting the Jamie Lannister arc for Crosshair. Yeah, <laughs> because here's the thing, too, is like we like remember this episode, the season. I don't think it's very being a season. It was a few episodes in. We officially boiled or, or got rid of got rid of tech or I'm sorry, uh, got rid of echo. Right. Right. Not yeah. got rid of, but like he's off doing his own thing. And the bad batch feels light. Right. Every time I go there, yeah. wait, it's only three of them. It feels like that needs to be a group of four. And I think from a storytelling standpoint, there's an open slot. And now yeah. we got to go rescue crosshairs and crosshair has, has broken his programming. No, he doesn't believe in the empire back, anymore. He's coming I home. Think he might. Yeah. He's coming home. Yeah. Um, that might be my teeny shot quickly. That might, the, the shot of echo, like using his, um, um, that droid that uh, scomp device and then shooting like stun two stun bolts mm-hmm. through the door that might be my utini shot of the episode it's pretty great love echo yeah yeah i love echo he Me looks too. so good in so this cool. um, season too he has definitely has the coolest armor um i think it just yeah. looks amazing with <laughs> yeah, the helmet good, on it's like it looks amazing <laughs> yeah it um, does. he's great and the fact that he has like a scomp link on one arm yeah. and then can hold a blaster with the other yeah. is like <laughs> yeah, that shot, that's pretty like, cool oh, this is the best action shot i've ever seen of someone with a blaster stomping yeah. and blasting are you kidding me yeah let's go let's go <laughs> um, um anyways what you're saying because uh crosshair's coming home more on that ben you were you were gonna say something yeah definitely i mean well, a couple things about Crosshair. Um, well, one thing about Crosshair first. Uh, is his eyesight permanently damaged? He had like a flashbang in that episode you're talking about with Mayday, and it definitely threw off his aim, but it's still off. Like even Did he lose his he tried, swing? Uh, he might have lost his swing. I, I don't know. Hey. I mean, maybe there's Bacta that can like repair it, but like he's still suffering. And I mean, granted, he's also being constantly tortured, so that's probably not helping his aim much. Sure. Yeah. But um, he's having real problems yeah. shooting. Um, which or is, is it also a you know a crisis of conscience that's going on in him? Right. Mm-hmm. It could also be psychological, right? That he's lost the killer instinct in him as yeah. as he's seeing what the Empire's doing. So. Well, they did like stick a yeah. like a five inch needle through his ear uh-huh. drum into his brain. <laughs> sure did. But- yeah, yeah, that happened. Yeah. I almost feel like that's not a bad move for that character because to have in a, you know, you know, a Y7, mm-hmm. I think this is a Y7 show, it's weird to have one of your characters' main abilities to be a sniper. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to weave that into yeah. the plot yeah. every episode. But he, you know, he didn't take his rifle off kill until right. like the end with the doctor. You know, he seems like he's just taking out stormtroopers, but we see with bad batch and then the adjacent yeah. bad batch with Rex yeah. and echo always on stone, always on stone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and then, you know, so maybe he'll start turning around his ways. Um, but we'll see. I just wonder if he can shoot anymore. I mean, it makes me think of the gunslinger series a little bit. Um, mm, yeah, I don't want to do too many spoilers if you haven't read this, because it's like the greatest book of all time. It really is. But amazing. in book two, mm-hmm. something happens that impairs yes. the gunslinger from being it, like a overpowered death yeah. machine. This, yeah. this is book two of a seven <laughs> book series. And I remember really like going, what? what are you doing? This is the best character. Yeah. And you just like take this attribute <laughs> away from. Yeah. And it was the best decision that that's that that King made in that whole thing. Yeah. It just it just opened up that character in such a wonderful way. Yeah. But I just remember going, no, as like a 10 year old reading yeah. that book. 
and I have a feeling with his helmet on and all the like metrics that he gets out of it, that'll probably restore most of like what's going yeah. on. Um, even if he doesn't get his sight fully repaired, um, elseways. But it, you know, uh, yeah, he's he's paid a price. Um, yeah, and, that, that's wizarding yeah. glass for everyone out there. Oh, actually, is, uh, I was right. thinking the drawing of the three. Oh, the drawing of the three. What, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. No, he's OP in Wizarding Glass. Yeah, yeah. OP. He's OP, yeah. yeah, yeah. And also yeah, no, um, he's... OP in um, Wind Through the Keyhole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's they, right. Yeah, That's I mean, right. Like, you so, know, yeah. characters can drawing of the three. come back from things and do other things for yourself. But yeah, but uh, you got to watch out for those lobstrosities. Yeah, don't don't mess with <laughs> lobstrosities. Yeah. Which is exactly what Grogu was doing at the beginning of Yes, um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think you're onto something because he does miss quite a bit. And then he just, it just seems slower. At the draw, slow, just slower yeah. putting mm -hmm. at the control panel. Like, it just, I don't know. It, it was rough. Yeah. I mean, he could barely stand from the torture, right? Like, this is Han Solo right off after he gets his own right. form of torture. Right, right. And, like, he's just, you know, slumps down. So it's probably just that, but it's an interesting way to go. Because if it's full powered Echo, I'll take him against the field. You know, I yeah. mean, not Echo sure. or Crosshair. I'd take yeah. him against the field. I, there's nothing, no mountain that's going to. Wait, so that, of the Bad Batch, capture. if you had to choose one, if you're going into battle, who would, who would you get to get your, watch your back? Like, which, I mean, which one? Who would you Tech ask? Tech is coming yeah. on strong this tech season. Tech is really good. Yeah. I mean, Hunter, actually, Hunter seems like the weakest out of all of them, really. Even, I know. It, he, yeah. he seems like he should be the best, but I agree. Like, I haven't really seen, he hasn't really done much. He's just in dad mode, I think is the big, the yeah, big thing. that's true. I, I'd, I'd feel pretty comfortable with any of them at my back, even Omega, actually. She's got skills that I think they haven't, are, are she hasn't, I haven't seen any limit to anything. I feel like. Doing. Yeah, but if if you're if you're if there's like heavy engagement and it's like a combat zone, I want crosshair. If it's like I have to yeah. get somewhere or traverse some sort of obstacle, it's tech. You know, I don't know. Like yep. crosshair yeah. seems like the guy who will protect you, just Overwatch. Yeah. You know, like they need but, him back basically. They I yeah, I might I might go Omega because what they're doing with her by now is that she's all of them. Mm -hmm. Right, because she's learned all the stuff from tech. She can fly. She can do all that stuff. She's she's really good aim. Amazing she had a couple show of episodes, yep. right, from Crosshairs and Hunter as well. And also, it's just she has situational awareness, right, which is Hunter's gift. And uh, I don't know, humor of Wrecker. I like, she can't get anything out of Wrecker just because she doesn't. Look yeah, at it. yeah. There's that, only uh, one Wrecker. She's not moving yeah. cars or just like right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hefty yeah. giant. Just, fish. You'll have to worry about the Empire, you know, following you everywhere. But other than that, it's great. I also wonder, I mean, so this was my other question. We kind of have two main Clone Force 95, 99 teams, one of which is Rex's. Can team. we do Clone Force 95? Can that be our <laughs> That's us. We're, we're, we're <laughs> yeah. all the clones with no ability. Yeah. yeah. Just the first batch. Not the, batch, the first batch. batch. The first batch. Yeah. And... Yeah. We're the, we're the, we're the bad strand cast that came out of Yeah. The, well, we can make <laughs> somewhat clones. thinking beings. That's great. That's yes. a good first step. Yeah um yeah uh <laughs> but um i don't know so i i'm curious to see if they all jump on the same um bandwagon with rex and that's their new mission because that's pretty virtuous um i was thinking about you a lot adam in this because you were mm -hmm. sort of the first standard bearer of their trying to save the clones from their own genocide um yeah way early in the season you're saying that's what it's about and it, that that's what it seems like their mission is now yeah, and I really liked that scene between Hunter and and Echo. Just like <laughs> Hunter basically being like, "You you can't win." And he's like, "Yeah, but you gotta try." Like you yeah. can't. Like it was, such a, it was such a nice little moment of just like just a great little learning moment. Like, yeah, but like what else are you gonna do? Right. 
just sit here on your island and then pretend nothing's happening out there. Yeah. 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 You can't so do that. Plan either. 88, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? I don't know. I, it seemed like just a signal. From what I said, there's, that's the signal that means you're being hunted. Yeah. Is that is, does that relate? Does that parallel with any actual like sort of military lingo? Yeah, <laughs> no, I yeah. couldn't fight my way out of a white. All right, cool. I, it's just, I, it was I addressed, no, no, like, no. Yeah, it's very you're vague. asking the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't just, know. Yeah, I mean, it definitely cool. echoes uh, Order sixty six, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Which we know we're getting. I think the title of the season finale is Plan Ninety Nine. Oh, Plan Ninety Nine. Okay. Right. Yeah, so Plan 88 is going to lead into Plan 99, whatever that might be. Oh, all right. I believe it's Plan. I'm going to double check that, but I'm pretty sure. Are they running it back right now? Is this about to happen? Are they like, are they doing the QB sneak? Is this some sort of like play action? (laughs) What is going on here? (laughs) Elaborate. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I just again, I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think, yeah, Plan 99 is the season finale name. It's called okay. So just so we can do this, because I like to play the title game for the next two episodes, is the summit. So yeah, all right. That seems like Mount Tantus, yeah, right? right? Like, like right there. Mm-hmm. And then we got Plan Ninety Nine, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's we'll their plan out. going forward, right? I think. Yeah, I think you know maybe they all sit down with Crosshair and figure out what Plan Ninety Nine is. And I think that might be that might be larger than the bad. Are we? Are yeah. the clones going to destroy the clone facility, guys? Well, it's. A- I wonder. That's oh. a really interesting. That's a really interesting question. Is that yeah. going to be part of the history? That like the early cloning operations were basically sabotaged by clones who were disaffected clones from the Clone Wars. Basically, that's pretty poetic, man. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That makes sense. I mean, obviously, like Mount Tantus would be one of them, and they're headed there. But then maybe you know, in addition to rescuing old clone troopers. They're like, we got to bring this thing down, and Crosshair yeah. knows where it is. Yeah, they got to stop doing these. These cloning operations are going to dark places, and they need to stop it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and a lot of that information is going to come from Crosshair, right? Because he's seen the belly of the beast now, and he's been a part of the Empire, and he's just been gathering intel and knows how how dark the the corners of these operations are. Yeah, the fact that Rampire is just like cut out of the deal, and then yeah, they Crosshair is just like on a lab table. It's just like, yeah, that got dark quick. I was like, wow, that that storyline just led to nowhere. Like nowhere yeah. quick. It was rough. Yeah. It's actually it's very Empire Strikes Back, right? Where like Darth Vader's just like, You're not good enough, you're not good enough, you're not you just start smoking yeah. officers. And like that's what's happening. We're getting these big bads and they just keep dropping like flies. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, now Hemlock also <laughs> way Hemlock. on the noise. So we get the like the poison gas that finally subdues um <laughs> Uh, subdues crosshair in that that control room and hemlock's immune which is like you, <laughs> that you, was so crazy yeah it is yeah. immune but i think so like hemlock is a poison and but you can build up an immunity to hemlock um so it's that's i don't know another tone poem <laughs> yeah 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 clever. um yeah it was also hard to believe though but i was thinking like did he he built up that immunity just naturally from exposure and and not like manipulating his genes or something like I'm just I just yeah. why the what's the point of that if he didn't man- manipulate his own genes somehow or something I don't know I think it just shows how much he doesn't you know he, he it's like the old um I can't think who it is but just just so obsessed with research and whatever he's just accidentally yeah. exposed himself so many times that he's fine you mean you did you mean the dread pirate Roberts 
Yeah, there you go. So he's just like <laughs> huffing that that neurotoxin. That is yeah, desk just a little bit every day. every day, a little bit every day <laughs> yeah, with his coffee. A bit. Yeah, wow. Um, just just to prove that he's a total sociopath, and for yeah. that exact moment, and that's why he was so smug when he walked in there. He's like, I've been waiting my entire life for this. He's like, I'm so awesome right now. I'm so awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's uh it's wild. It's going to be a fun end. I'm a little sad to see it go. It's been another fantastic season of uh, Bad Batch, but um, what uh what a trip we've got for next week. That's going to be great. Yeah. Hope we get a third season. Yeah. I'll wait and see. Yeah. Um. So we've been trying to tell people about these episodes with Mando coming out. We can't wait really till the following Sunday um to talk about it because we're too stoked. So we've been kind of trying to do these on Wednesday afternoons, which I know can be tough for people to actually watch the episode and then um, catch up here. But um, do you guys, yeah, I guess we'll figure it out. Um, we're going to try and give you some notification on when we're going to do the episodes. But um, if it's Wednesday afternoon again next week, I couldn't be happier. These are my favorite things. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll let it ride. Um, we really appreciate all of you uh, tuning in, watching us live, and all of you uh, listening on the podcast as you have been for a very long time. Um, so appreciative of that. Um yeah, contact us. We've, you know, a link tree, um, Instagram, Twitter, we're on there um, lurking. Um, we have a Discord channel um, that we like to talk to people on as well. And yeah, yeah do those things, man. Oh, and uh, like us, if you wouldn't mind. If you've listened to this podcast, uh, if you could just get, take five seconds and hit a five-star rating, that would uh, mean a lot yeah, to us. It, yeah, and it really helps. It helps other people find us, which would be great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, um, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, have a fantastic week and may the force be with you. And now the outro. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the force will be with you always. Always. <laughs>